Good morning, everyone. It's Judith Ago. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome. What's going on? Welcome to your Friday. Welcome to your daily devotional of sorts. You guys, you know, I'm always in my feelings on Friday. And uh, we are in an interesting time in history. (laughs) What's up is down and what's down is up. But uh, the last shall be first. I just feel like we're in a reckoning if you will, like it feels like, like things that have gone on, you know, and, and kind of were under the radar are like, you know what, it's been done in the dark too long. Here's the light. Now, this is the challenge. This is the challenge. You have to believe what you're seeing. And so, so many people have been manipulated to the point where they don't believe what they see. That's why, you know, Trump is like a cult. And the Republican Party is like a cult. They've been indoctrinated and people don't want to believe what they see. I was watching a political show, which, you know, St. Louis, everybody on the panel is no disrespect. They're all like in their 60s and 70s. They're pretty ooey gooey liberals. And it's like, so there was somebody who was arrested for being a part of the, the insurrection. And, you know one of the ooey gooey people on the show he was like I just she just seemed like a ditzy kid and I just wanted to believe her and it's like of course you do of course you want to believe but yeah she was part of an insurrection at some point I recognized that everybody who was there wasn't trying to tear up the capitol but the people who actually breached the building and stomped people to death and yeah those people were there and it wasn't for politics. I don't even believe most of those people vote. Yeah, this girl claims she didn't even vote. She voted for marijuana in 2018. She just accepted an invitation from family friends and she'd never been to DC. And this guy's like apologizing for that. Like, yeah, I just think she might be, you know, a goofy girl and she's just young and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but she just, you know, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, wrong is wrong. And we need to know when we see it. So if everybody can't agree certain things are wrong, that's where we have the problem, you know. And so St. Louis is weird to me because there's so much wrongdoing here, so much corruption, so much confusion. You don't realize how stupid the city is in terms of the way they've laid out their government until a pandemic because the city does its own business and it has a whopping 300,000 people. The county of St. Louis does its own business and it has close to a million people. And when the two of them aren't on the same page about how to handle a pandemic, it's obvious and goofy and weird. (laughs) And then on top of all that, you got a million municipalities in the county There are all these little fiefdoms with their own police forces and mayors. And I kid you not, none of these people want to give up this tiny, tiny amount of power. Yes, you have 600 people under your purview and you are like their lord and their liege and you are not trying to give it up. And it's not the money. They don't make that much money. It's just the weirdest place ever. And all these cool people come from St. Louis. Everybody knows somebody from St. Louis. I kid you not. Everybody got a cousin here. Everybody knows somebody from here. They granny live here. There are some very powerful and influential people 
who will never, ever come back here to do anything other than see their grandma. (laughs) And it's sad, you know, because St. Louis is a beautiful city, but you can't film here because it's a cluster, you know. And when I was talking about a door, a door is actually set. That screenplay that I was referencing, if you don't listen to this podcast every day, shame on you go back and listen. Uh, Earlier this week, I mentioned I'm going to start reading parts of the screenplay that I wrote in 1992. And um, it's set here, but it was set here because that was an optimistic time for film. When I got out out of college and came back to St. Louis because, you know, I didn't have no money. <laughs> I couldn't afford to stay in D.C. And yeah, I really couldn't move to L.A. Uh, I had to come home and and try to stockpile some cash. So, you know, when I got back here, there was uh, an optimism. I think the mayor was black. So that made some people happy thinking we were making progress. And then there was a film office in St. Louis and a film office for the state of Missouri, which now I think both are gone. Uh, and but there was just an optimism and a community of filmmakers and people willing and able and excited about, you know, making movies here. So that's why the screenplay is set here. It, I remember. And certainly, you know, obviously Georgia committed, you know, but there is no reason why St. Louis couldn't have competed more with Atlanta on the film front and Nashville on the music front. It is the weirdest thing to watch a city just never get out of its own way. And it's almost like, here's a good idea. And then St. Louis is like, no, let's shit on it. Shit on it. It's so weird. And you see it play out across every spectrum. You know, it's like for a few years there, everybody was going on and on about how great our, uh, our um, entrepreneur scene was where tech startups where people would come here and do their startups. And I was like, yeah, don't get too attached to that because it just seems like St. Louis is then going to set a a rule, something stupid like, uh, you know, only only a hundred tech startups in one, you know, region or something, because that's what we do. So far, they haven't done anything goofy with it. The Cortex and all that area down there, uh, if they could get the crime under control, it would be really fantastic. But uh, it's sort of like the quiet little secret, like, you know, startups are coming here and and doing good work. You know, the key is to keep them here, you know, to keep them here and and make them feel like, oh, this is a great place to raise a, a family. If you don't do that, your city's not going to thrive. If people don't feel like they can grow here, they're going to leave here and go somewhere else, you know, Um So, yeah, it's just weird. And the crime is just exploding. And like you would be surprised at how little people talk about it other than telling us, you know, I was one of the first headlines I read today is a young lady and her two children were murdered. Um, Yeah. And other than reading that, no one talks about it. No one's trying to offer up a solution. No one's uh, holding anybody accountable who people who should be caring about the crime. Nobody seems to be criticizing them. The newspaper is like a joke. It's no Washington Post, that's for sure. I mean, I... And this is from a person who loves the city. I love St. Louis. My favorite people are from St. Louis. Um, my, my best, closest, oldest friends are from St. Louis. I met them here. 
Uh, I saw Prince at the uh, Checker Dome here, you know, uh, which was my favorite concert ever. Purple Rain. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. St. Louis is an enigma. It's full of enigmas. <laughs> it is quite a conundrum. But, I, you know, it's made me who I am, a big part of it. I had to go and get some some technique and some sophistication at, at Howard. You know, I, I, I do believe you can't get uh, everything you need just living here. You need to see other places, live other places. And then you'll have an appreciation for what St. Louis is. You'll, you'll either be like, oh, I see why this was horrible. <laughs> or you'll be like, oh, I'm just not going to buy into all that. You know, I lived enough other places where it's like, oh, okay. And St. Louis isn't all bad. It's actually a great place with some fantastic food. If you're in town, please check out Hamilton's Urban Steakhouse down on Shoto. Delicious. Really, really. And don't be a cheapskate. It's a steakhouse. Everything's a la carte and you're going to spend some money. But your tummy is going to be like, thank you. It's delicious. St. Louis has great food. Um, some of the funniest people you'll ever meet. Cedric the Entertainer, like that, like he's just obviously naturally funny. We got that. There are people here, there are people here that I didn't even feel close to as friends, but they could crack me up like to tears. You know, some of the funniest people I've ever met are from St. Louis. They're sharp, they're quick witted. Now, I may not want to spend no more time with them. I don't want to hang out with them, but if they say three sentences, I'm cracking up. You know what I mean? It's weird. St. Louis is a weird place. But anyway, uh, I'm going to start reading a door. I've gotten enough feedback that, that that's a thing. Um, the other thing, go ahead and watch that fake famous on HBO. It really is. It's fascinating. And people actually, one person actually did get some, you know, Insta fame. And uh Yeah. But then you realize it's hollow because if you can't use that platform to advance a a narrative or a message bigger than yourself, then chances are you're just a marketing product. You know, you're just a marketer Uh, and you can call it influencer. But yeah, what is that really? You know, it's one of those words that's sort of like, uh, you know, it's it's just like a filler word. You know, it's just a concept. You know, like everybody is supposed to be so transparent these days. Newsflash, a lot of people aren't that transparent. <laughs> they say they are, but they're not. Uh, newsflash, a lot of people are just lying to you. And that's the thing. You've got to be able to believe what you see. That is the message. And I think we're in a, a reckoning. But also bigger than that is... Will people believe the truth when it's revealed? You know what I mean? It's like you, I spent a lot of time in Catholic school. I'm not super um, religious. And I remember being young and I had to go to Baptist church. I was baptized Baptist. I spent a lot of time in church. And so growing up, I think I finally stopped going to church. I was probably like 25 or 26. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to go on another type of spiritual journey and, and just forge this relationship with God. I'm cutting out the middleman because I like at that time I was watching NBA. I kid you not. And I was like, I need to be able to see the NBA. The Lord will understand that. 
Um, so that's an aside, but, uh, (laughs) you know, so like when I was little and I'd hear, so people who say they're transparent or people who say they're this, you got to be able to believe it when you see the truth revealed. And I often used to think, even as a kid, when they would say, Jesus is coming back. And I was like, would people even believe it now if Jesus actually came back? In fact, one of my early screenplay ideas was to write something along those lines. I I wanted to write, uh, would anybody believe a girl who says she got pregnant without knowing a man in this in a more modern time? Um, even though I'm pretty sure people didn't really believe her back then, but the 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 tr- some people. But obviously some people do and some people still do, but they believe it for the Virgin Mary. I don't think they would believe it for, you know, Tanisha down the street. You know what I mean? So that's my question to to you guys. Would you believe the truth even if it was revealed to you to be the truth? If you passionately believe in some actor being a great person or a politician being this great person or somebody you've put up, anybody you've put up on a pedestal. Would you believe the truth if it was revealed to you? Everybody says, yeah. Everybody says, well, you know, if I found out my boyfriend was molesting my daughter, I'd kill his ass. Everybody says that. But if it happened to you, would you believe you're a kid? That's the key. What you got to believe. You got to believe the truth when you see the truth. And the thing about the truth is, you know it when you hear it. But a lot of people go, nah, I just I just can't see him doing that. Or I just can't see her doing that. But the facts are like laid out. They're right here. See, that's how we've gotten here. Because people don't want to believe that Trump is a monster. But he clearly is. I, I, there's a good chunk of people who just think he's, you know, just a cut up. Just a a shoot from the hip billionaire. Yeah, but this dude is fucking dangerous. Amazing. We live in amazing times. So all I'm doing right now is challenging you to believe the truth when you see it. And I get it. There are going to be things that you hear that are total bullshit. But you got to be able to you got to be able to decide if some bullshit or some's the truth. And I'm not talking gossip. I'm talking about like. Somebody has been revealed to be something that they're not. And you still are like, you know, I just can't see that. You know, that's yeah, we need to get off that road. And I'm not talking about making false accusations. I'm not talking about things that are bullshit. I'm talking about facts, things you can go look up and see a pattern (laughs) that you can follow. (laughs) Believe it when you see it. That's all I'm saying. Know that nobody is perfect. That's fine. But, you know, some people just ain't good people. And I've I've had conversations with people and they're just like so passionately believing. Th- and I'm like, how can you continue to let somebody off the hook when the evidence has been laid in front of you? Not for, a you know, a couple of minutes, but for years. You've seen it. You can see it. You got to believe it when you see it. And I think that's the biggest problem in St. Louis. They don't, this is the show me state. Everybody here is like, well, you just got to show me. Yeah, that's great. I'm showing you. You still got to believe it though. Lord have mercy. This place is, (laughs) it's the dark ages. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, I hope we come out into the light. I mean, I may not be living here still, but, you know, for the for my family and the people who choose to call this place home, we need an enlightenment. And uh, I'm telling you, all you got to do here is throw race into it. And then everybody just goes off and to the deep end. And half the shit ain't even really racism. Maybe you didn't get promoted because you're, you weren't doing a good job. Yes, your boss is white. That doesn't make him racist. Maybe you just weren't doing good work. You know, maybe this person is, doesn't think that they're race, racially superior to you when they tell you, you know, you didn't get the promotion. Maybe they just think you aren't doing the quality work that deserves a promotion. But here in St. Louis, man, all you got to be is like, yo, I don't like him. He's racist. How? How do you know? So I don't know. Maybe we should start there. But that's a whole nother podcast. It's Friday. I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening. We're having a surge of popularity here. The music is growing. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for supporting this podcast. We have thousands of listeners. Uh, starting to grow a little bit on on our social media with the the twitter and i just appreciate you guys i thank you for listening you could you could be doing anything in the world but you spend that time with me and i appreciate you please take care have a wonderful weekend please be safe be your best
Miss G.